Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit Authenticate.com. That's Authentic with the number 8.com. I got a, a phone call from my now boss, uh, the, the editor-in-chief of Knack, to ask if I wanted to become a fact-checker. Uh, I had to Google what a fact-checker exactly did, so at the time I was not really familiar with it. But uh, I quickly found out it's really my cup of tea, uh, debunking viral videos, looking for the truth, uh, seeing what's what I can find online to prove something right or wrong. Uh, yeah, that's really what I love to do and, and OSINT is my main tool for it, you know, like it's, it's being Sherlock Holmes online and I, I just love it. Welcome to Needlestack, the podcast for professional online research. I'm your host, Matt Ashburn. And I'm Jeff Phillips, tech industry veteran and curious to a fault. Today, we're continuing our series on fact-checking and debunking. Uh, and we're going to turn our attention to the growing importance of, of independent researchers and journalists that are putting their findings out on Twitter and other social media platforms. Um, you know, we've talked about this in past episodes that the war in U Ukraine has really put a, um, a spotlight on the open source information available on social media and other public sources. Uh, public sources, um, as well as the individuals that analyze that info. So we're joined by one of those individuals in this episode. Brecht Castell um, is an independent journalist and fact checker. Uh, you can find his work in the Belgian magazine Kanak, among other publications. He's very, very active on Twitter at uh, Brecht Castell with tons of tips on um, OSINT and visual forensic, uh, how he debunks viral videos and fact checking. So definitely go check that out. Uh, so welcome to the show, Brecht. Thank you very much. Nice introduction. Ah, good. Hopefully we covered it all. It's quite the uh, uh, the background you have there, sir. Um, so let's jump into that. Where where did your experience in fact checking begin? Uh, did you already have an interest in OSINT or is this something that's kind of um, been fostered as, as you've uh, gotten into fact checking? Yeah, I started as a normal freelance journalist and the 1st of April 2020, so in the midst of the COVID uh, crisis, I got a, a phone call from my now boss, uh, the, the editor-in-chief of Knack, to ask if I wanted to become a fact-checker. Uh, I had to Google what a fact-checker exactly did, so at the time I was not really familiar with it, but uh, I quickly found out it's really my cup of tea, uh, debunking viral videos, looking for the truth. Uh, seeing what's what I can find online to prove something right or wrong. Uh, yeah, that's really what I love to do. And, and OSINT is my main tool for it. You know, like it's it's being Sherlock Holmes online. And I, I just love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And 
Something we talked about earlier was that researchers need to be both persistent and creative. Uh, in your work, how do you latch onto something that you really want to investigate? What drives you for that? Usually it's, I, I, no, actually I, I always start from one picture or video, you know, like if it's intriguing to me, it's mostly intriguing to other people. That's why it's mostly going viral because a lot of people think like, this is strange, this is interesting. Uh, where does it come from? What do we see actually? And like, this is also the question I'm asking. And if it's going viral, it doesn't mean that some, maybe some people have looked into it, but didn't find what it actually is. And I just try to get a bit further and see what we actually see. Uh, for example, recently there was a, a video going viral of a mosquito with a number on it. People linked it to Bill Gates and microchips into ants and very weird conspiracy theories. But still I was wondering like, what actually do we see? Like, is it a real number? Is it a real mosquito? Where does it come from? What is it? And like these basic journalistic questions, like what's true, what's not? Where is something? What do we see? Very basic questions. They, they just drive me and I just want to continue digging harder and deeper to find what we actually see. Now you have me curious about this mosquito and, uh, and, and what, what that was, I guess. <laughs> Ah well, that, that, that's that's a that's a good point. Uh, actually, it's it's was it wasn't even a mosquito; it was a, a aphid, another type of ant. And the number we see is just like natural uh, spots on the on the on the on the ant. And we think it's a it's a number. It's like it's it's our human brain who just uh, sees numbers, sees patterns. Like it, it's wired like this, and it's not really a number. So yeah, that's that was the explanation I got from talking to experts and from doing OSINT investigation. Oh, that's awesome. It's sort of like how our brains are wired to see faces and people see faces in rock formations and leaves and trees and everything else, even though they're not really there. Exactly, exactly. You know, the, the conflict in Ukraine is obviously a, a big topic now. How has the role of OSINT changed in fact-checking? You know, how has all of this changed uh, during the conflict in Ukraine? Or do you think that like OSINT and fact-checking is just getting more attention now? It's definitely getting more attention. Like if I read a newspaper now, for me, mostly it's like old news because I've seen it on Twitter the day before and I've seen videos being debunked or verified. And then the day after it's in the newspaper, you know, like, so I think that's, that's a major change because in the war in Syria, there was already some fact-checking going on. I think Bellingcat started, it was like the spark of OSINT and um, war journalism, but still journalists were, kind of skeptic about it you know like it was like a, a marginal thing and now i think most of our journalists is really driven by osint also we see a lot of journalists working at home not on the front line and collaborating with journalists in in ukraine to really verify things i, I had a, a very interesting case about a, a burned body which was shared on uh, widely on russian platforms and it was compared with uh, pictures of ISIS. So they were saying, like, look, those Ukrainian soldiers, they burned his body and they put it in a cage just like, like ISIS did in, in, in Syria. And, and I started investigating this, this picture. We found the location. We tried to prove if it was tortured alive or it was set, set on fire afterwards. We couldn't prove that. But we still found out a lot of things about this one picture. And after publication of this fact check, I got in contact with a photographer who was on the ground, who was in Ukraine, and he took a photograph of this of this body a few weeks later. And when I called him, he knew less about it than I did after an OSIN investigation. And for me, that was like 
so weird like he was he wanted he knew there was this body he wanted to photograph it for for a couple of days or weeks and the ukrainian army was uh, saying no you cannot go there we don't want you to to take a picture of it and me after my uh, behind my laptop in belgium i threw a lot of social media posts and and a lot of uh, talking to experts i knew more about this burned body than this photogra- photographer in ukraine so that's 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 crazy that's crazy i i i, I doesn't mean that we don't need journalists on the ground like they huge hugely important and they do much more uh, dangerous work than i do of course we we we, we need them Definitely, but I think in 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 combination with OSINT investigation, it can be uh, very strong. Yeah, and it's it's almost an abdication of responsibility if if you don't provide that context uh, that you're talking about there, and if you provide only a photograph and then a, a quick blurb about it, you know, rumors and uh, false stories can can run amok and uh, be very damaging. Yeah, and you should also be very transparent about what you can find and cannot find. You know, like OSINT is very powerful, but it also has like limitations. Like this, these experts said to me, like, I cannot say if this body was burned alive or not. If I'm not, can do like an, an autopsy on the body. Like only from the pictures, it's not possible to say it 100% for sure. And then you also have to say this to your audience and say like, okay, we did our best. We analyzed a lot. We, we worked hard. We talked to experts, but the conclusion is inconclusive. And and I think we, we gain, um, how to say, we gain, um, like if people don't trust the media, it's also because we, we don't do this. We have to do this more often. We have to be more transparent about what we know for sure and what we're doubting about. Uh, that that's that's amazing input. Um, you know, if we stick on the Ukraine a little bit, um, are there certain you know we're all following that news? Um, are there certain sources or tools at the moment that um, that are helping you in your you know either from the journalism side or from the um, uh, the fact checking side? You know, against maybe specific to the war on Ukraine, like how, how are you getting your information? In? Uh, like like open source intelligence starts with open sources. So finding these sources is a first important step. And for this, in, in the war in Ukraine, there's a great website, very easy to remember, osintukraine.com. And it just created some bots were just scraping a lot of content. So for example, they're following 90 Telegram channels, Russian Telegram channels, 90 Ukrainian Telegram channels, and they put it in one feed. And they also do automatic translation uh, from these uh, videos. So you, you can just follow the war in real time and see a lot of sources. Of course, this is only like the starting point. Like there can be a lot of fakes in there. You have to be very careful. They, the Ukrainian sites want to tell their story. The Russian sites want to tell their story. It's very, there is a lot of propaganda there. But if you're just new to the conflict and you just want to start somewhere, it's good ways to, to get away from like what news media are saying and just try to see what is being shared on social media in Ukraine and in and in Russia, and with with automatic translation, yeah, nowadays it's it's even possible to follow Russian videos, Ukrainian videos, and so on. Both sides. That's that's super interesting. What are some of the strategies that you use in trying to combat false information or, or to debunk things? What are some of the principles, I guess, that that are consistent across your work? Uh, like one principle is always find the oldest version. You know. If you find the oldest version online, then you get closer to the real context. And if you find the real context, the meaning of the picture can change or you can get closer to the truth. 
that's very important. So contextualizing what we actually see, that's that's a very important one. Of course, also see if there has been some manipulation and also if you find the old, oldest version you will you will see it immediately if this is uh, uh, like this um, and, and and combining sources you know like never take one sources uh, for granted try to combine Russian and Ukrainian sources uh, combining a lot of points of view that really helps for example the burnt body we found different videos from different angles and so we could say okay the body was there for a long period of time we see different shades so it really helps to see what we really see speaking of that so um i'm curious since you know you started off on the journalism side um and then moved into fact checking um have you have you surprised yourself with with what you've been able to apply OSINT to and what you've been able to figure out through open source uh, sources? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm like surprised on a daily basis, I would say, like that the, the force of OSINT is, is amazing. Uh, one aha moment, and it's a bit strange story, is uh, I was just fact-checking a picture of an old tree and it was said that it was like 6,000 years old in South Africa. And I was like, I want to find where this tree is and how old it can actually be. And by combining Instagram, YouTube, Flickr, a lot of social media platforms, I could really, and Google Earth, of course, I could really find the exact location of this tree. And this was like stunning for me. Like if you're a bit persistent and if you can, you work hard enough, you can really find one tree in the whole world. You know, that's, that's, that's crazy if you think about it. And that's the, that's the force of open source uh, intelligence. If you combine a lot of platforms and a lot of sources, you can really get close to the truth. And Using it to find a tree, it's a bit silly. I agree on that. But you can also use it to find this, this burned body in Ukraine or to to uh, to investigate war crimes. And, and I'm doing this for a couple of years, but OSINT investigators from Amnesty International are doing this for over a decade, you know? Like, this is not new. But for me, this was eye-opening. You know, I, When I was a normal journalist, just talking to people, uh, basically, that's what you do. You talk to experts, mm-hmm. you talk to people. I didn't know that there's such a wide world of open source intelligence and, and it's really combining the two is also great, you know, talking to experts and doing your OSINT investigation, go with your OSINT investigation to experts and see like, this is what I found out. Does it make sense or why can it not be like this? That's, that's really wonderful. A quick follow-up just because um, this has come up in some other episodes and uh, talking with different individuals. What's your, what are your thoughts on your, from a journalism perspective about working with some of the amateurs that are out there. You know, there are a lot of amateur sleuths these days. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on those uh, in using those sources? Uh, first and foremost, if a tweet has a hashtag OSINT, it doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> let's, let's all agree on that. You know, that's, that's, some people just see OSINT and they think, oh yeah, that, that, that's, that's true. No, that it's not like a magic word to say the truth. Most of the times those are just people who found the video on Telegram and put it on Twitter. Like that's not OSINT. But I, 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 I love working with amateurs. I, I've worked with them a lot of times and they help me immensely. Uh, I keep coming back to this 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 fact check of this this burned body, but for example, I, I, tra- I started to I, um, I keep coming back to this uh, 
effect of this burned body. I was looking for the location to start digging, but I didn't find the location. So I went to some some amateur OSINT people I know and put it out there. And after a few days, they found the location. And that was actually the starting point of my investigation. So if you cannot find it yourself, use the community and, and you're stronger together, definitely. The good thing about OSINT is you don't have to know the person behind the screen. You don't have to... You, I, I work with anonymous people which I don't trust per se, but if they tell you something, you can verify it. You can check these open sources they used to get there. I could get on Google Maps, Google Street View and see, yeah, it's definitely this location. So how this person found it, I'm not sure. And he definitely worked a lot of long hours to get it, but we can see it's true. So I can trust it. And and that's great. You know, like they, they help me a lot. I, I love amateur OSINT investigators. There's a lot of people out there that are going to like hearing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and sometimes they don't see the journalistic value of what they do. And that's where I come in and, and like, okay, now you found this location. It's not finished. We have to dig further and, and talk to experts and so on. And usually they're very happy that they can contribute to something bigger, you know? And I, I, if they want, I, 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 I tag them on Twitter or, or I give them some... Um, reconnaissance in this way or if they or sometimes they just want to stay anonymous and i i don't mention them at all but i'm just open that i didn't find it myself of course yeah that's great and brecht as we start to close out uh what are some of the tips or techniques that you want to leave with the audience today um well mostly people are asking for like specific new tools uh well, I, I'm going to disappoint you. I will not give you one of the latest tools. If you want to stay up to date, I would recommend uh, the newsletter Week Week in OSINT. I think it's a great uh, weekly update of the newest uh, newest kit on the block. For me, OSINT is all about creativity and persistence. And creativity, I mean combining a lot of sources, combining a lot of techniques, looking for new ways to, to, to find something. Um, for example, now I'm fact-checking a video of Chinese troops entering Ukraine. That's the claim they make. And we see Chinese vehicles. If I can prove that this video is recorded somewhere else in Russia, in Vlad close to Vladivostok, that's good proof. If it's not possible, I can also look for another way to prove it. For example, if I find the number plates of these vehicles and I find other videos and I can geolocate these uh, videos. So that's, for example, a creative way of thinking, how can I fact check this? Another thing is persistence. Sometimes people are like, how can you find this? It's impossible. Well, yeah, it took me a few days, you know, like <laughs> it's it's hard work sometimes. If I cannot sleep, I, I get up and I, I, I search a few hours and sometimes then I find the location of a, of a video or a picture. So persistence and creativity are key and you just learn it by doing it, you know, like just start and you get better it day by day. I think I'll, I'll be a better OSINT investigator in one year from now than I'm today. That's, that's for sure. Uh, that's great. And, and Brecht, thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, really do appreciate the conversation with you. Uh, and if you're listening at home, uh, you can always find Brecht Castell on Twitter at Brecht Castell, uh, first name, last name. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our episodes on YouTube and get more information at our website. That's authenticate.com slash needlestack, authentic with the number eight.com slash needlestack. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter as well. NeedlestackPod is our handle on Twitter. We'll be back next week with more information on debunking and fact-checking and all things OSINT. We'll see you then.
Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit Authenticate.com. That's Authentic with the number 8, .com.